the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm. Chapter 101. The Mask Cracks. The smell of death was heavy in the room. During their days, the men and the women found themselves crammed in so tight together that sometimes there was hardly room to move. Sometimes hours would go by where they would huddle in together, quiet as the dead, listening for the sounds in the halls, which was maddening. The heels prayed with Len under her direction in order to keep their minds, and the quiet sounds of their devotion were like a song that lulled the others into a trance, taking their minds away from the grievous wounds that they had suffered, the grievous losses that they had endured, and the desperate task that was yet ahead of them. Solus and Temek had somehow quieted, either sleeping in their sorrow, or else sitting on the stone, with their arms curled round their knees as the hours passed by. Marx was quietly going through a pouch of coins, noting those of interest, and showing them to Bardar and Thora one by one. During one of the hours when they had some light for butchering and for study, Orson was cross-legged with Lilena on his lap, and she in turn had her book on her lap opened up onto one of her spells, Sea Magic. With her mate's help, she traced her finger along the letters, mouthing what was there quietly to herself under the flicker of the lantern's glow. It was in a moment such as this that the twins began their struggle, Kana and Paola. The girls had been sitting together, hip to hip, as they always did in these days. No one remembered who had made the first move, but before anyone realized it, one of them had shoved the other, and the other had retaliated, and both of them were wailing, and then one of them went for his sword. Amazar was at once on his feet. Take them, he shouted, and in an instant, Nora and Stockholm, who were the closest, each took one of the girls from behind. Liar! shouted the first girl, in the bone-white leather. Liar! I'm Iona! The second girl was just as adamant, trying to break from the dwarf's grasp. No! she shouted, trying to claw at her mirror image, who was just out of reach. My name is Iona! My name is Iona! My name is Iona! Both girls were subdued, as more of their others went to hold them down. Tie them, said Amazar, and this was done, and their weapons were taken away from them. The twins were separated, pitiful now on the ground, tied like animals with wrists bound to ankles, and finally gagged in order to muffle their threats and accusations. 
Bardo sat beside Paola first, placing a hand upon her temple, which she fought violently. The captain withdrew, shutting his eyes, before rehearsing the mantra with her that they had daily done since her birth. Your name is Paola. Paola. Say it with me. Say it with me. But this time she didn't respond. Instead, continuing to scream through the gag, which was becoming wet with guttural froth, even as her sister uncontrollably did the same from the opposite side of the hole. and allies and legendary powers to the 101st episode of the Iron Realm podcast. The tribe has lost two more, and several of those who remain are going slowly insane, whilst also a new member has come to them, the strange halfling called Tani. But what is their purpose? What is happening to the rogues? And what secrets next? are yet to be revealed. Something special for the Mapmaster tonight. Stay tuned, for the culmination of your art is at hand. The Iron Realm, copyright Abel Enzo, is an original dark fantasy delve into the eternal maze at the end of time. A portion of tonight's female voice performance has been provided by Gwenifuri of freesound.org, whose audio has been used with permission. Consult this episode's show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com for full details. Winifrey, I give my gratitude for that which you have offered. Indeed, your passion and your presence will always be honored throughout the countless corners of the Iron Realm. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Now it is time to generate their stats. Strength. 14. Dexterity. 16. 
constitution. Eight, charisma. A six, intelligence. Eight, and wisdom. Seven. Before going further, let me double check the Iron Realm, Solitaire Tribe Creation, and Maze Master's Guide, because I want to make sure that I have a legal halfling character. Well, this character is very good, but Tani's constitution score is too low, only an 8, and it must be at least a 9. Of course, it's already been determined, according to the Roaming Creatures chart, that this being is a halfling, so I'm going to lower Tani's dexterity score from a 16 down to a 14 in exchange for an extra point in constitution. Too bad I would have liked to have that additional minus one to armor value. Tani has the body of a halfling female, but also has a zero mind. Before the stats are done, we have to consider the Zerum influence on Tani's mind. And so, I'm rolling a second set of stats for Charisma, Intelligence, and Wisdom. Charisma. <laughs> Only a four, even worse. This makes Tani extremely alien and unbelievably hard to relate to. How about Intelligence? An eleven, somewhat of an improvement here. And wisdom. A 16. There is a deep, deep wisdom within Tani. Perhaps the tribe will benefit from what they have to say. That means a plus one to hits and damage for strength, a plus one to missile hits for dexterity, and a minus one to armor value. Nothing especially, either way, for constitution. A minus two to reactions for charisma. An average intelligence and a plus two bonus for wisdom. Tani has six life points. Tani has no other possessions, but does, as all halflings do, have a basic skill in all weapons. Tani enjoys a minus two AV bonus when fighting large opponents, and all the other halfling benefits too, is described in the Solitaire Tribe Creation and Maze Master's Guide. Even though Tani is level one, they should have some measure of level points, and this is given as a percentage of the highest number of level points possessed by a member of the tribe of Nora. Looks like this is Solus with 11,770 level points. Celeste had more, but of course, she is no longer with the tribe. So let's see how much Tani has. Tani has 72%, and so I can see that the final value is going to be well over 7,000 points, which is not allowed for Tani, since Tani can only be level 1. We'll give Tani the maximum, 1,999 level points, and so they are soon to rise, I'm sure, to character level 2. Tani gets 6 life points. I'm noticing that Kana has 2 crossbows, so let's say that she's given one of them to Tani along with nine arrows. That leaves Kana with ten. Orson has an axe that he can spare, and so he gives this to Tani as well. Aunt Nora has a spare suit of chainmail in her pack. The chainmail lowers Tani's AV to a four. This gets the Zerum halfling off to a very good start, and with their extensive knowledge of the tunnels and chambers of the maze, 
Will Tani lead the tribe safely to the unicorn? Or will they lead the tribe instead to their ultimate defeat? Character Introduction Tani, halfling female male, warrior, level one. Tani has a female form, which is wiry and slim. They are possessed of neon green eyes and bright red hair. Their hair is cut somewhat short, not quite reaching their shoulders, and it is curly. Tani doesn't usually look at the people they are speaking to. Rather, tends to stare instead into space. Tani is possessed of a second mind, which is of the Zerum, a star being whose own body has been destroyed. Hi, Meliora Henning. Lend my cunning voice to the Iron Realm podcast. Find me online at Meliora Henning on Twitter or my website, Meliorahenning.com. In addition to voice acting, I'm also an artist. And if you find yourself in the market to have your character beautifully illustrated, then I invite you to reach out if you dare. Be you wary always of your descent into madness, for it stalks you always in the depths of the void and in the endless caverns of the Iron Realm. Friends and allies, and Iron Realm fans, I've actually begun work on the sixth book for the Maze Masters series. This one is going to be a little bit different. The Iron Realm Dungeon Arena and Maze Masters Guide highlights an advanced way to play in the Iron Realm. Summon an arena tribe to battle against insane creatures in the hidden city of Aculara, ruled over by the Lord of Ice. This new adventure is coming soon, complete with its own new podcast, The Iron Realm Arena. I've been looking forward to this <laughs> for actually quite some time, and this book will be hitting drive-through RPG quite soon along with its own companion module, The Gladiator's Guide, included together with the first podcast. <laughs> All in one bundle, ripe for the taking, and ready to play out your own arena battles with miniatures in a hitherto unseen territory of the Iron Realm. <laughs> well, as it turns out, in order to prepare for this groundbreaking event. I've actually gone through, updated, and revised every book in the Iron Realm Maze Masters series. 
And if you're missing any in your collection, well now would be an excellent time to grab them all. I have updated the Iron Realm Solitaire Dungeon Design and Maze Master's Guide to version 1.4 with arena maps added for your reference and for your use in the Iron Realm Arena campaign. Solitaire Roleplaying has gotten an update to 1.3, now numbering 100 pages in all, and Solitaire Tribe Creation is at version 1.2 now, just released and ready for you, with pertinent revisions made and four new characters to play. The Zerum, the Gnome Divine Warrior, the Gnome Mentalist, and the Gnome Illusionist. Whilst Solitaire Creature Creation 1.3 has clarifications and combat updates, including rules on Nat 20, <laughs> how could I have neglected to put that in before? And finally, Solitaire Treasure Trove is at 1.1, the biggest book at 230 pages, with new armor added, and weapons, a little something extra, just for you. All books also include an expanded campaign section, which describes all three ways to play the Iron Realm, including the latest, the Iron Realm Arena, and a sneak peek into the Gladiator's Guides to Come. Collect them all and play through the various scenarios that I have available to you in the Iron Realm Arena. If you've purchased any of these books from the Maze Masters series at DriveThruRPG previously, don't worry, the Maze Master has your back. Just go to DriveThruRPG and you can obtain the updates for free for any book that you've already purchased. I thank you travelers one and all, and in honor of you, I give the opportunity for each and every one of you to fill the holes in your Maze Masters series collection in anticipation of the latest way to play the Iron Realm, the Iron Realm Arena, coming soon. Tribal Matters. There is much, it seems, that Tani knows about the unexplored areas of Alpha One. Tani works with Amazar and the Dwarves in order to augment their maps. And so feel free to update your own Alpha One map with the details here given. Room number 25 is called the Lizardmen's Nest. It is at position 3183. There is a door in the southeastern corner on the southern wall. There is another door in the western wall at position 31. There is a secret door in the northeastern corner on the eastern wall. And there is a secret door in the southern wall at position 53. It's actually possible to come through the back of the fireplace that is in the fireplace room. If one were to slip through the secret door in the northeastern corner at position 91, 
there is a wall directly to the north, whilst also there is a straightaway leading directly to the south, which finishes in a dead end at position 910. Meanwhile, whatever is beyond the door in the northwestern corner cannot be entirely known, for the door cannot be pushed open. Beyond it are tons and tons of rubble. Indicate this however you like. I recommend blacking out the remaining unexplored squares at the northwest of your Alpha 1 map, including all of those to the west of room 12 and all of those unexplored squares to the southwest as well. Let's return to the crossroads at position 12-8, and to the north of this, there's a T pointed to the east. Following the T to the north, there is yet another T pointed east, and this T dead ends at the top of the map, position 12-1. You may black out the unexplored squares just to the west, that is to say, the seven squares on column 11. Now let's look at the T at position 15-8. To the east of it, there is another T, the base of which points to the west. The new T is at position 18-8. And the southern way of this T proceeds one more square, where it dead ends at position 18-10, with a wall sealing it off at the south. There is no room at 16-9, so indeed, you may black out that 20 by 20 slab. It is solid stone. Returning to the T at 18-8, and considering the northern way, it is indicated that there is an L-turn there which bends to the east. Continuing along that L-turn, there is a T which points to the north, and indeed that northern branch extends three more squares until position 21-1, where it dead ends with a wall to the north. Let's explore the rest of this enclosed space. Return to the T at position 12-5. Its eastern way opens into a crossroads. The crossroads is sealed at the south. There is a stone wall there. The crossroads is sealed at the east. There is a stone wall there. And this crossroads to the north extends two more squares in a straightaway that ends at position 15-2, sealed at the north by a stone wall. Let's consider the T at position 12-2. Indeed, there's not much to consider because its eastern way is sealed. Draw a wall on the eastern side of position 13-2 and black out all the enclosed squares within this area. They are solid stone. Returning now to the crossway at position 20-11. To the north, there is a straightaway that extends two squares, and there is a door on the northern wall. This room is 30 by 20, and it is at position 19-6-21-7. There is a secret door in the southwestern corner, particularly in the southern wall. And that secret door leads to a corridor headed south for three squares, and it dead ends at position 19-10. There is a second secret door in the southern wall at position 21-7. And there is also an arch in the eastern wall 
at position 216, which is itself an open doorway. This room that we have just described is room 26. Into this hollow room is fairly empty. It can be described as a gravel room since the floor is covered in a dusty gray gravel. Beyond the secret door in the southeastern corner, there is a U-turn which bends to the east. And beyond this, there is an L-turn which also bends to the east. At position 23-6, there is a door on the eastern wall with a 50 by 50 room beyond it. The room is a giant square with four doors total, each one located at the center of one of its four sides. The room is at position 24-4-28-8. It is room 27, the lair of the Hosani Ka. There is a cage in each of the four corners. Draw each is a small square with a crosshatch pattern within. I'm going to tell you too that the T at position 21-5 extends to the east just one more square before dead ending at position 23-5. And the T at position 23-11 extends into a straightaway to the north three squares before it dead ends at position 23-7. Returning to room 27, beyond the northern doorway, there is a straightaway which extends to the north, three squares, and then dead ends at position 26-1. You may black out everything to the northwest of chamber 27 that is unexplored. And beyond room 27's eastern door, there's an L-turn pointed to the north. But beyond the L, a U-turn, which points to the west. And the U-turn closes into a spiral, extending to position 29-5, where it dead ends. The lair of the Hosanika also has a southern door. Beyond it is a U-turn, which doubles back on itself to the east, and dead ending against room 27's southern wall. I'll draw your attention to position 2414, and from the current map, we can see that at that position, there is a wall to the east and a wall to the west. Let's see what there is to the north. There is a U-turn here, which bends to the east and opens up into a straightaway headed south, just one square for it dead ends at position 2514. The group considers themselves fortunate that Tani is able to relay to them every dead end, false corridor, and secret spiral, for these are designed to trap the unwary. It is too easy to get cornered and killed in the obscure dead ends of the Iron Realm maze. At position 2115, there is a T and it opens to the north Beyond it is another T, which points to the west. With regard to this new T, both its northern way and its western way, dead end into walls, and you may black out the unreachable squares that have been revealed. A small two-square area to the southwest of this T, and a larger seven-square area to the northwest of this T. Let's consider yet another T at 28.16. It opens up into another T which points to the east. There is an unreachable 
20 by 20 section revealed now, and you may black it out if you see it on your map. To the north of the new tee that we have just placed, it dead ends to the north in a doorway. I'll stipulate too that the crossway at position 3113 dead ends on its northern way, although there's a secret door there in the northern wall. Room 28 actually has four doors in it, two of which we have already revealed. The room itself is at position 289-3311. And there's a door in the eastern wall at position 3310, and a cage door in the northern wall at position 319. Room 28 is the embalming chamber. Beyond the cage door, there is an L leading to the west, and it actually creates a spiral winding into itself, finally dead-ending at position 38. Beyond the eastern door of the embalming chamber is an L-turn, which points to the south. It extends yet one more square to the south where it dead-ends. You will see, too, that there are a number of unreachable squares revealed to the northeast, and you may black them all in. In addition, there is a two-square section just south of the embalming chamber, likewise unreachable, and another four-square L-shape that is unreachable to the southeast of the embalming chamber, and you may black all of these in, too, with these three rooms and the accompanying corridors revealed. This now concludes your map of Alpha 1. If you'd like a closer look and you want to compare with my map, go ahead and check it out at patreon.com slash theironrealm. There are many bonus extras there to see, and at the Noble Warrior tier or above, you'll also find the full map revealed to you too. Or if you prefer, pick up the Iron Realm Strategy Guide which covers Chapter 101, for I'll be providing the full map as is available for Alpha 1 and Gamma 1 2. just received the mysterious Tani. The tribe is located in room 6 of level Alpha 1. It is the 11th day of Sakaris, 4pm, and after many long days of starvation, the group has at last taken food and water, though several in the group retain the grievous wounds sustained before. Temek, 7 out of 18. Bardar, 18 out of 21. Amazar, 7 out of 8. Paola, 19 out of 20. Master Brevik, 9 out of 18. And Marks, 15 out of 16. Those spellcasters of the group are likewise possessed of the following spells. Kailana, Mystic Missile, times 2. Amazar, Door Denial, and No Evil. Lilena, Illumination, Orson, 
ventriloquist, and illumination. In recent days, those arcane spellcasters of the group, Amazar, Kailana, Orson, and Lilena, have tightened their bond in an intimate way and have learned how to collaborate in their spellcraft beyond that which they were capable of before. This means that from now on, Lilena will be able to recover her spells on study, for although she is blind, the support the of the other spellcasters will allow her to complete that action which was previously not impossible. Additionally, and from here on in, the four spellcasters will continue to work to on reassembling that spell called Always Open, in hopes of putting it to use for a future gambit in the Goblin Territory, Gamma One. Having closed the book now on the 100th episode, I have transferred all character information to the next volume, of my notes, and in doing this, I've made a couple of clarifications which I'd like to share with you. Incidentally, if you'd like to get a look into my notebook, into my Maze Master's journal for episodes 1 through 100, check it out at patreon.com. I've scanned it in page by page to be shared with you 100 episodes of behind-the-scenes notations, check it out, and obtain it for your own collection of Iron Realm artifacts. On to the clarifications. And these first few pertain to the Uname. I had it noted previously that Nora was in possession of Iron Spikes. Though I did not provide the number, I do so now. She is in possession of twelve. Also, due to a recent stat advancement, Nora now has a 10% level point bonus rather than the 5% bonus that she enjoyed before. And finally, each of the Uname, Nora, Twyla, and Nim have an additional language. Each can speak the secret language of unicorns. Although those of you that have the Iron Realm Solitaire Tribe Creation and Maze Master's Guide known this already. At this time, I'll also clarify that each member of the group has one backpack, one large sack, two belt pouches, and seven water skins, two of which are empty. However, this does not apply to Tani, who came in possessing none of these things. Although, through the generosity of the tribe, Tani has inherited Kai's clothing, also a crossbow with nine bolts, an axe, and a chainmail shirt, which drapes down to their ankles. In addition to Manish, Tani also knows the Zerum language. The group has 14 days of food and five days of water remaining in their store, but having still wounded amongst their group, there is a reversal of their prior decision to track down the lair of the Hosani Ka, at least for now. Instead, they shall remain at least a while longer in room 6 for a further day of uninterrupted rest, if that is fated to be. I'm going to say too that they pound out the spikes and drag some additional 
Hosani Ka bodies into the room. These are carved up along with the others so that these might be packed down into a manageable size for rations. Needless to say, this preparation will take many hours. But these are hours that the group has, and indeed having some task to complete may well prevent them from all going mad. I'm increasing their available food from 14 days to 24 days, with this task assuredly to be completed over the next 24 hours. Once the additional bodies have been recovered from the corridor, the spikes are driven back in, and let's have two more roaming creatures checks to take us until 8 p.m. The halls are quiet until then, and we proceed next into the first watch, which is Norm and Stockholm. Next, Orson and Len. And oh, as the hour of midnight approaches, there is a roaming creature indicated yet again. Oh, this is an interesting result. Hmm, let us see how far away this encounter is. Only 30 feet away. I suppose there is a chance that the elf, Orson, might hear them coming. He does not. There are 10 in the approaching group coming closer and closer. And shortly, there comes a knock upon the door. friends, we have come in search of shelter, and from what we see here, you are no friends of the Hosanika. I think that perhaps you might mean you could be friends of ours. Who are you? Says Orson, taken by surprise, and encouraged to respond before he thinks better of it. We are Homeland's company, responds the voice. Humble traders of wares, hoping to earn your business and your friendship. We are very sorry, says Orson. Please be on your way, friend, for this lair is small, and I'm afraid we have room for no one else. Ha! Don't turn us away yet, says the voice, joined by the chuckle of some of his others. Not until you see what we have to offer. A band of traitors in the maze? Completely unexpected. And probably the last thing I expected my charts to show. Could this be an unexpected boon? Or instead, a trick or a trap that should see the entire group slain at the strike of midnight, should they decide only to open the door? Tune in next time for Chapter 102 of the Iron Realm. Will the decision of the tribe be wisdom? or folly. Play hard or go home, Iron Realm! The next 100. So it begins. So it begins.